Imagine a world where individuals reach their fitness goals because they know exactly what to do and how to do it. That's the vision that gets us up every morning here at RxFit. We are on a mission of helping individuals reach their goals through prescribed fitness. The Faces of RxFit podcast is a continuation of that mission. Let's face it, the vast majority of individuals are either unhappy or unhealthy when it comes to their overall health. This podcast is dedicated to both sharing our stories and teaching our community how sleep, nutrition, exercise, mindset, and connection with others are the key variables that will transform us to happier and healthier people. Every Monday, we interview someone in our community that has made that transformation from unhappy and unhealthy to happy and healthy. Then every Friday, an RxFit coach will share their unique insights on one of these five variables. For those not a part of our gym community, receive your free fitness prescription by signing up for our No Sweat intro on our website, rxfit.health. Now, let's get to today's episode. In general, why why should a healthy individual see a chiropractor? Well, uh, with chiropractic care, we have the philosophy or idea of basically keeping your joints healthy and happy. Uh, one of the things that people do is they may not stretch, they may not do other things, and they think they're good to go and, and lift and do things like that, um, which is fine. They may for a little while, but it, it helps to prevent injury, honestly. So um, doing the stretches, doing maybe some chiropractic care in between kind of prevents the, the stress of and preventative injury for that. Okay. So sp- specifically, it seems like so much of the common knowledge with chiropractic is they adjust your spine. So maybe let's start with the spine. Why is it so critical to the rest of the body? The reason why it's so critical is because it houses all of your nerves that stem from the brain. The brain and the nervous system kind of control everything. It's the way that our brain sends messages to our fingertips and know what to do down into our toes. It sends uh, pain receptors. So if we get like a weight dropped on our foot, Unfortunately, that probably happens sometimes, <laughs> but it tells us to withdraw our foot so that there's no more, you know, pain stimulus there. So it's it's important to have a healthy spine so that those messages don't get delayed. Um, well, we think so much of the spine. How does the how does an adjustment of the spine help with those pain receptors or nerves? Um, a lot of times when things are blocked or. Um, one things when I say things I mean the nerves the nerve system is blocked down in our legs there could be a pinched nerve or something getting those adjusted can kind of put the joint back into position and have range of motion associated with that so that it moves correctly and so it doesn't pinch on those nerves anymore which can if it is pinched like I said delay those messages that we get okay Um, let's go down a little bit of the rabbit hole of range of motion then let's say I I've grown up in the past 20 years, I've struggled with range of motion in a given joint, maybe the shoulder or the ankle. Mm-hmm. Outside of being adjusted, what are some common remedies to help with my mobility? I've mentioned stretching, and I think that's pretty important, especially if you're into weightlifting and, and exercise. Um, stretching and doing maybe a little bit of yoga type stretches can help increase that range of motion. Uh, among some other things, massage, you can try some acupuncture to help relax the muscles around the joint that may be restricting it. Um, 
and those type of things can help naturally instead of going straight to surgery where a lot of people think that they may need it but yeah. it could be a simple fix as massaging resting and getting some chiropractic care and other things like that so what kind of stretching have you seen specific stretches help certain joints more than others outside mm -hmm. of consistency yeah so there's um, some stretches for your low back especially it's the piriformis which is kind of located underneath some of your glute muscles um, and that muscle there can help sway your hips and kind of make it so that it's not locked up as much which can help with deadlifting and, and other things like that yeah Okay, you, you mentioned massage and also acupuncture, which mm -hmm. are both things you guys do here. Mm -hmm. When would you recommend someone receive massage or even acupuncture? Acupuncture. Acupuncture, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the acupuncture, um, there's a lot of uh, treatment and remedies for it that the FDA kind of deems um, uh, positive. They have like over 200 and something on their list saying that it helps with these certain conditions. So... Um, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but for example, if you're been if you've been adjusted and you have issues still, or if you've tried a few treatments or whatever, maybe trying acupuncture could be something that could be on the docket next for you to try to relax those muscles and be able to help with the joint. Um, that's when I would probably look into acupuncture. Um, I would maybe try chiropractic every once in a while. Um, kind of in groups if you're injured try to get over that injury first and, and combine it with massage the reason being is I kind of look at joints and muscles as like a married couple if one of them's hap not happy the other one's not going to be happy I don't know if you're married or not but yes. yeah so I, some of the <laughs> listeners probably could relate to that okay so let's talk some muscles then if I'm having low back pain what muscle groups or muscle in general is most commonly associated with low back pain that you see? So the most common that I usually see, see and what I usually check for is your glute muscles, your glute max, medium, and minimus. Um, you also have your piriformis, which is pretty tight as well. And like I said, those help control your hips a lot, especially that glute med. It's on the side of the hip where um, on the very side, it's not the back, but it's not the front, but on the side. That one's pretty tender and it, it controls the hip, the height, the, what is it? The hip hiking, sorry, I get lost with my vocals. Anyways, um, glute med controls the hip hiking. So if that's tight on one side, that means it's it's throwing your hips off and one hip's gonna be higher than the other. Another group of muscles is, is your hip flexors. A lot of those is the psoas muscle, which yeah. is deep underneath your abdominals and it's part of your core. Um, a lot of those are pretty tight, especially when you're sitting a lot. Uh, if you got an office, office job, just being flexed, being flexed in a long period of time, that can become a chronic issue if you're always sitting. Um, if you're doing sit-ups or anything like that, um, I don't recommend doing sit-ups a lot of times. Just crunches are fine. Or if you want to do like um, planks or something like that instead of just regular sit-ups, because it puts less stress on those psoas muscles, which are responsible for a lot of low back issues yeah say my psoas is tight it's causing some low back pain mm -hmm. outside of being adjusted how do i stretch it because i know it's deep mm -hmm. within it's almost like on the back of you it seems but you access it through the side through of the, the abdomen. side of the abdomen yeah so um a lot of times you're gonna have to pair it with stretches and massage 
So massage, they're going to go through your stomach and, and massage that muscle to get to release and relax. At the same time, you need to do your due diligence and try to stretch it via like a deep lunge, basically. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Some other common uh, aches and pains are maybe the knee joint. What muscle do you most commonly see is causing knee pain? So there's um, actually three muscles that kind of go down into the knee that are pretty responsible for a lot of knee issues. It's um, all three of those muscles go down and, and attach into called what's the pes anserine, which is on the medial side of the knee, kind of below the knee joint a little bit. Um, you have your sartorius muscle, which goes across your, your quads. Fine. You have your gracilis, which attaches from the groin down into the knee in that area. And you also have your semi-tendinosis, uh, semi which is part of your hamstrings, which goes down and, and attaches there. And uh, all three of those, if they're tight and sore, it can throw the, the, the knee off a little bit and cause some knee aches and pains and, and joint issues. Um, the older you get, though, the more cartilage tear you get, and that could be another issue that you have. Um, IT band could be tight. That could be another issue. So it's really depending on the type of activities that you're doing and you're noticing the knee problem and that's why I suggest you get it checked out first and kind of see you go from there yeah so as a chiropractor when you have an initial patient and they're having knee pain will you how do you go about treating them um, typically I I massage the muscles first I kind of either I have like a massage gun kind of like a Theragun that's uh -huh. actually a hypervolt is what I got here in the office and I usually go through there. If people are tickless, then I, I have to <laughs> use my hands. Yeah. But um, I, it hurts a little bit on the muscles. Oh, but, it does. I know. But it feels good after. It, I usually massage the muscles and I adjust the joint accordingly, trying to see from there. So do you, when you're massaging, depending on their reactions, that kind of where you know, okay, mm -hmm. this muscle's not happy. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. So that kind of dovetails well into... Uh, what we were talking about before we press play on the podcast, which is we always think of the spine with chiropractors, mm -hmm. but you adjust all joints. Yep. Can you maybe speak a little bit more toward that? How can you yep. help my ankles or my wrists? So a lot of times, uh, along with the knee, the ankles and the wrists are similar. They have muscles that go uh, down and past those joints a lot of times. There's not a lot of muscles within the wrist. It's more tendons and everything. So you have to work up the chain or down the chain. So when I mean up the chain, I mean up the arm or up the leg. And all those muscles that control your hand movements are found mainly within the forearm and in the calf and uh, up the leg a little bit. So working those muscles, making sure you know which muscles are tight, which muscles are sore, you work those muscles out, kind of break up some fascial tissue, like scar tissue, and uh, making sure it's free moving, okay? That can help a lot of, of wrist pain and ankle pain as well. We also adjust those joints. If um, the wrist is out of position, you'll feel probably like a sharp pain when you're doing bench press or something. Yeah. And um, a lot of times when you get that joint back into position, it can take away that sharp pain. So working in the combination of both muscle and the joint is what we usually do here. Interesting. And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here and, and hopefully I can explain well. Yeah. In my left, uh, the muscle that goes right below my thumb, mm -hmm. this, what is this muscle right here? It's the thenar eminence. The thenar eminence. 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 Yep. So this on my left side, 
gives me a lot of pain when I'm pressing, mm -hmm. but it doesn't on my right side. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the marriage between the muscle and the joint. Mm -hmm. My wrists feel fine, but sometimes I almost, it almost trickles down into like my radius. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what would be like a remedy with something as small as that? I think a good old-fashioned massage would do you good. Okay. Um, not one of those fluffy massages. It would have to be a deep tissue massage. And then maybe adjusting the joint itself within the thumb, that could definitely help it out. Um, if none of that happens, it may be related to some sort of tendinitis in their region. Um, it's just something that you'd have to kind of delve into uh, through that treatment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about massage then. Okay. Um, the difference, deep tissue versus... Swedish. Sweet, is Swedish, is that the soft? Yeah, thing? that's the soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the benefits to each and when should I do one or the other? So, um, I, if you want to fall asleep and you want to be relaxed, Swedish massage, uh, Swedish massage is for you. Um, but if you want to solve some issues, maybe get rid of some of the pain that you're getting, um, deep tissue is great. Uh, that they go into specific muscles like the psoas or your thenar eminence, and kind of work those muscles out. They, they look for um, trigger points. That's probably what's causing some of the referral pain up the arm for yeah. you. Um, so they're kind of search and destroy type things. So they, they look for the muscles of the trigger points in the problem areas, and they help solve that issue from there. And I would imagine most of the time it can't be done in one massage. It would need to be a series of massages. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. So most of our listeners here are healthy or relatively healthy. They're mm -hmm. exercising generally about at least three times a week, most mm -hmm. of the time four to five times a week. Um, and they're below the age of 50. Mm -hmm. So most of them are healthy. Why would they, or how often, let's talk, stay on massage. How often would you recommend they get massage? A massage? Um, it's really up to preference. If you have an injury or if you have a lot of old injuries that you need to take care of, then you're maybe looking at maybe twice a week for those. Oh, wow. Not twice a week. Sorry. Twice a month. Okay. Sorry. Um, That's a good life. It is a good life. <laughs> I wish I could do that. <laughs> However, once a month is sufficient for it. Okay. Um, but if, like, we mostly treat car accidents here, we offer them weekly massages. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's just to help bring blood to the area where they've been injured, kind of uh, break down some of the scar tissue and re, um, kind of help reheal the areas that have been injured. Okay, so I know here at Access, you guys focus on primarily auto accidents. Yeah. What are the injuries you see most often? The most often diagnosis that I give to someone is a sprain strain. So a uh, strain is for the muscle, a sprain is for the ligaments and tendons. Um, a lot of times it's not like a complete tear of the muscle or anything. There's a lot of micro tears that happen within the muscles and within the tendons and your back and neck just become super tight. You can't move and that's not what we want as chiropractors. We want full range of motion. Yeah. So using massage, using chiropractic care, we uh, kind of help reinstate motion within those joints, make sure that they're moving correctly and don't form any scar tissue. And with the massage, it helps bring blood to the area and helps get rid of all that junk that's kind of formed from the accident. So it seems like a lot of it is upper back, neck? Upper back and neck and even low back and down oh. to the legs. Yeah. Oh, even legs too. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, all right. How? Let's go back to some questions we had from some of our athletes. Okay. Um, Dr. Jones, how do I keep a healthy spine throughout my life? Um, kind of what I've been talking about with the range of motion. That's that's pretty much. You want full range of motion because if you don't use it, you lose it. So, for example, uh, when you get a broken arm, okay, like a broken elbow or something, and you get it put in a cast and you can't move it for six weeks, you're going to have some atrophy of the muscles and it's going to feel stiff within the joint. Yeah. That's typical. Well, let's say, let's move that to six weeks to like six months. You're going to notice severe atrophy within the muscle and the joint. When you get that taken off, it's going to be very hard for it to move and even painful for the joint to move. And then when you have it for even longer than that, the joint starts to, to go away. It doesn't uh, form as properly. It's very weak. It's easily to break, that type of thing. So moving your joints is one of the best things you can do for your body and just making sure that it's free range. So you're even kind of hinting at squatting, deadlifting, mm -hmm. pressing yeah. with full range of motion. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love chiropractors that agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Well, uh, next question is, what are the underlying issues with uh, mid-back pain, like the thoracic? Underlying issues of mid-back pain, thoracic region, um, are bad posture, okay? Uh, one of the things that I notice with a lot of people is tight pecs and weak rhomboids, okay? That's your upper back muscle in between the shoulder blades. Uh, a lot of times, those muscles tend to have your shoulders go forward, your head goes forward, and it increases the pressure onto the, the upper back, which causes back pain. Yeah. Um, we, I know we, when we are programming for a lot of our clients, pay very close attention to, um, is it on the frontal or posterior of the body? Mm -hmm. Are we pushing or are we pulling? Mm -hmm. Because the tendency so often is to press, press, mm -hmm. press, press, mm -hmm. and never pull. Yeah. Including lower body press mm -hmm. and not lower body fall. Yeah. I know I was speaking with B, uh, BYU's head strength and conditioning coach and he was saying everyone that all the fr incoming freshmen from high school everyone wants to squat and bench mm -hmm. but no one wants to do pull-ups or deadlifts mm -hmm. and then because of that they're having some ACL issues yep. just because their quads are becoming so dominant and mm -hmm. their hamstrings aren't recuperating, mm -hmm. recouping from that. Have you seen any of that with like some high school or college maybe even post-college individuals where they're relatively healthy but they bias mm -hmm. oh, yeah. some of those yeah i've seen some of them with especially in the low back type stuff that psoas muscle that i talked about a lot of times it's super tight they do sit-ups and they don't think about it too much more than that yeah they do they sit a lot for studying yeah and that muscle becomes chronically tight which can cause like a lower cross syndrome which is basically um tight quads uh, weak lower back, tight so as weak hamstrings. Yeah. And that's that cross syndrome that causes an imbalance of muscles which can basically hurt your back. So what's the best way then to readjust bad posture? Um, or what do you recommend? Uh, being consistent in your, in your training, basically. You and gotta make exercise. it a habit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so is that typically the recommendation that you give somebody, or are you more like, hey, just remember, roll your shoulders back when you're walking? Uh, I usually tell them that they can set a timer or on their phone or something with a reminder, saying like every half an hour, every hour, just sit up, stretch out, 
Yeah. Get those shoulders back, you know, try to walk around or something if you're sitting a lot. Yeah. Um, do something like that just to remind yourself to do it. That's always very helpful for people to kind of change a habit that they've been ingrained to do their whole life. I guess it never dawned on me until now having this conversation with you. One of the benefits to standing up and walking is to get out of the hip flexion. Mm -hmm. It yeah. never dawned on me. Yeah. And because of that, it's causing low back pain for... Mm -hmm. Everybody, it seems like. Sitting is the new drug. Yeah. Or it's not smoking anymore. It's just sit. Well, actually, the saying is sitting is the new smoking. Right. So basically, it's just really bad for you if you sit for long periods of time. Yeah, for obvious reasons. But man, I'm just thinking like low back. So is low back outside of the accidents, auto accidents, is that the thing you're being seen for the most? Mm -hmm. A lot of people uh, come in if they've been lifting. I get a lot of people come in and say, I've been lifting. Uh, for a week or two now, I just started up not too long ago. I hurt my low back. Can you help me out? Yeah. And a lot of times I look at the hips, make sure they're equal, um, and then I attack those glutes, kind of make sure they're relaxed a little bit better, and then I look at the psoas too. Those are the main ones that yeah. kind of uh, can either hurt you or help you. So. Um, okay, let's go up the spine a little bit to upper back pain. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned a little bit with maybe biasing, some bench pressing, mm -hmm. so it tilts the neck forward, it mm -hmm. rolls the shoulders forward. But how, outside of maybe doing some more pulling movements for the rhomboids or the traps, uh, what are some things I can do at home to help with upper back pain? Um, fixing that neck posture. So you're gonna wanna kind of bring your head and chin back, um, not leaning it backwards, but in a straight motion pushing your chin back into your head, that type of emotion, um, that can help with some upper neck issues and even down into the low back, or the upper back. Um, another thing you could do is stretching your chest muscles. That's what I recommend to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, using the door frame, kind of stretching yeah. using that. Um, there's a couple different stretches you can do for that. And um, one of them's at the head level and then one of them's kind of reaching up in a Y shape on the door frame and, and stretching different angles of your pets. Um, another thing is stretching out your neck, just barely like going, taking your opposite hand, reaching for, say my right hand, reaching over top of my head and touching my left ear, kind of stretching it off to the side and doing it to the other side. Those can help stretch, uh, stretch some of the muscles on the side of the neck and even into the yeah. front of the neck. Um, this is a little off, off key here, but I'm just thinking, cause we've covered the spine so much. Mm -hmm. What about the other joints? Is there ever any benefit in an unloaded, of course, going into hyperextension? For like the knee? I'm thinking like maybe even the hip. Because um, I know like in yoga, sorry to cut yeah, you off, no like they'll do chaturanga, I think it's called. Where they bring the leg back and- Yeah, and then uh -huh. it's kind of in a hyper, the hip's yeah. kind of hyperextended. No, that, that should be fine. Um, my kind of rule of thumb is, is you want to do things within moderate, okay? You don't want to do um, stretching that causes pain. Right. You're going to want to go into stretching that feels good for the joint. You don't want to balance. You just kind of want to work your way into it, hold it there for 30 seconds. So any amount of stretching, even in, if it's into a hyperextension, should be fine as long as it's not causing any pain. Okay. Um, okay. Finishing up with some questions here, specifically with the ankle, 
can you help us with some ankle stretches that you recommend your clients or patients? Do you call clients or patients here? Either or. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's just say I have poor I call ankle. Them friends. <laughs> Even better. What do you recommend your friends with poor ankle mobility? What are some stretches? So the reason why I would see poor ankle mobility is because they've uh, twisted their ankle a lot. And I've, I've had the same issue before. And so what I usually do is I get that joint moving through um, an adjustment, which it feels pretty good after it's been done. And it helps move it a little bit more. But um, for stretches, you're going to want to stretch that calf out pretty well. Uh, a lot of times it can cause a lot of foot issues down if the calf is not if it's really tight plantar fasciitis is one of them and yeah. kind of working through those muscles will help it but back to the ankle um what i recommend is just keeping the range of motion so again you can imagine if you have like a an ankle injury or something just keeping that range of motion is really important what role does like uh, smashing obviously like percussion massage or uh like foam rolling out mm -hmm. um is that just basically a poor man's massage essentially or it, is it it kind of is a poor man's massage if it's kind of funny that you put it that way but <laughs> yeah i mean if you don't have anyone that can massage you if you just don't have the money uh, foam rolling is a good alternative to that it can help mobilize some of those joints within your back yeah um the percussive massage from like these massage guns you see are a great way to kind of um get the tissues going massage will bring again the blood flow and help break the tissue up and so that's what those percussive things do so if i'm having some joint pain outside of an adjustment would you recommend or is it or is it just dependent on the situation of stretching the joint mm -hmm. or massaging the muscles around the joint yeah um you can definitely start off with that and if it feels good then you can continue to do that and if it seems like it's helping uh, go for it but if it's Causing more pain, you might want to get that checked out. Sorry, I'm I'm saying, would you recommend, like I have ankle. Let's say you have a sibling who lives outside of Utah, and mm -hmm. he calls you, and he's having ankle pain. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend he do some stretches for the ankle or massaging like the calf and then this muscle that runs along the shin? I would recommend both. Both. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then our final question, which you've touched on a little bit, but maybe you have some other thoughts. What are some other remedies I can do to treat and prevent future pain? Some other remedies you can do to prevent pain. Um, a lot of times I see people who have neck issues and um, low back issues and they have unhealthy habits. So for example, um, one of my coworkers, Dr. Fries, he was telling me a story the other day where he had a patient um, come in and he's been working on his back for a while, still had low back pain, come to find that he's drinking a buttload of diet soda. And he told him, like, you need to get off that diet soda, could help with some of your pain. He gets off of it and it does, it gets rid of his low back pain. Really? Yeah. So some of those things that are not as healthy, as, even though you may think they're a healthier alternative, yeah. can help decrease pain within your body. As a side note, what do you think was causing that? Like, was it inflammation? It could have been the inflammation from the fake uh, sugars that yeah. are in there. Um, a lot of times, sugar is an inflammation producer. Right. So decreasing that inf that sugar overall will help out with your body. Um, increasing good 
fatty acids such as like olive oil, um, avocado oil, those type of things will help decrease inflammation. Increasing your water input, um, increasing maybe like turmeric or bromelain or fish oil or um, some of those other things that can help decrease inflammation in your body yeah. will help overall help with pain. Okay, that just opened up a, a can of worms that we're going <laughs> to dive down. Is that okay? That's totally fine. Okay, so first, um, what are your your professional thoughts on things like, are you familiar with like a voodoo wrap? No, I'm not. Um, so typically, like if I have bicep or even elbow pain, mm -hmm. one thing that's common in like competitive fitness is they'll take this band and they'll wrap it yeah, around. Yeah, okay, I think I've seen that actually. And it kind of cuts off the blood circulation. Mm -hmm. You try to exercise it through range of motion for a little bit, and mm -hmm. then the idea is when you take it off, blood comes rushing in. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? Is it? Um, I haven't had a lot of, ex of experience with it. <clears throat> One of the massage therapists, um, he's done rock tape seminars, and they, they have a wrap that has something like that, and he's used it on me once. Um, I didn't really notice a whole lot of difference with it, Okay. but some people may kind of swear by it. And I'm not familiar with the science behind it. Okay. Um, do you have much experience with, like, um, ice baths? Because isn't that kind of the same thing? Blood, mm -hmm. Blood's going to come rushing in as soon as you get out of the yeah. ice bath? Well, it's not, it's not so much as the blood rushing in. It's more of the decreasing the inflammation. Um, inflammation is a key component for pain. If Once you get an injury, you're going to have a rush of blood into the area. The rush of blood increases those proteins and other things that causes pain within the area. So in order to control the pain and inflammation, you put ice on it to decrease that blood flow, which then helps decrease some of the pain. So ice baths, what they do is, I'm assuming you're doing ice baths because you're sore in more than one joint. Right. And so you're controlling your body inflammation by decreasing the blood flow. Okay. How does uh, maybe some like lactic acid build up is that kind of the same thing? Or are you just trying to flush that out with some of these? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so kind of the same idea of like drinking lots of water to help kind of get rid of some of that lactic acid can help decrease some of the pain because it can bring on the pain a lot quicker. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then finally, um, sleeping. Can you give us any tips for sleeping as far as like posture goes? Yeah. Um, thank you for reminding me. That's actually another thing you should do well in in order to have like a good healthy spine um with sleeping i'll i'll tell you like the correct postures you always want to sleep on your back if you really? can yeah i didn't know that if you, you can you can sleep on your side it's not as bad but i wouldn't sleep on your stomach yeah um, the stomach sleepers it kind of puts a kink in your neck and you're kind of in an awkward position in that area so sleeping on your back is the healthiest way to sleep but that's where the healthy spine comes into play with the sleeping. I'm just gonna go off on a tangent here. Yeah. I should have mentioned earlier. Um, sleeping is important for your back because you have these discs that are in, inside in between each vertebra of your, of your spine. They're kind of like sponges, okay? At night, it's been shown that a, your vertebra will actually get bigger because the fluid within your body is it's it's able to go back into the disc when it's resting in a laying down position so you're actually taller in the morning than you are at night <laughs> yeah because you're standing all day or sitting or whatever and putting pressure on the spine squeezing out the sponges and if you don't um, get the correct amount of sleep or um, rest that you need 
those sponges become dried out and can cause uh, disc degeneration and other things like that. So it's important to actually get a good night's sleep and a proper amount of sleep to help flush those um, toxins to help get the nutrients back into the disc that it needs. Has there been any research you found or read with the quantity of sleep, like inhibiting some of those areas of the back? Yeah, like, um, not that I know of with that, but it's typically recommended 78 hours for adults. Yeah. And that's not just only for your back, but that's just for good general health. Right. Yeah. Okay, so in regards to mattresses, mm -hmm. do you have any um, thoughts? Not, not off the top of my head. I mean, I prefer more firm mattresses. Um, it just kind of helps with the health of the spine. Uh, I, I think I vaguely remember reading something about, like, um, back in Japan, there, a lot of people, uh, sleep on, like, futons, which are not the most comfortable thing. <laughs> no, they're not. I've, have experience with that. <laughs> um, but, I mean. Dr. Jones lived I, in Japan. I lived in Japan for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I slept on one of those futons, and initially my back was hurting every night because I was not used to it. Yeah. But by the end, when I was getting ready to go home I was used to sleeping on the floor my back didn't hurt it was it was really a weird thing but I kind of read something saying like um, the more firm of a, a mattress you have the better sleep you can get for your back okay um, and then as we wrap up this sleep conversation and anything in regards to a pillow um, something that supports the neck uh, that's what I would kind of say so um, you're going to want something that keeps a neutral neck, nothing where you're going to be hyperextended or hyperflexed. Um, same thing if you're sleeping on your side, you're going to want to be neutral. You're not going to want to be off to the side of your shoulder or uh, too high up to where you're flexing the neck again. Yeah. Um, keeping that neutral neck is going to be important so that it doesn't have a kink in your neck later on. Okay. Well, I'm a side sleeper, my left side, so I'm going to try to sleep on my back more often. You might want to try putting a pillow in between your arms, too. Um, that can kind of help with the, the upper back issue. You, if I'm on my side? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're hugging like a pillow. So oh, causes, so sleeping on your side bad because you're, you're curving you're in? You're curving in, and you're also causing your, like that upper cross syndrome thing we were talking yeah. about. You're... Pre-exposing yourself, basically. Okay, so just if I have a... Like a big cuddle pillow that yeah. you have, and so it keeps your back a little bit more straight. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right, well, a couple of... Ta oh, actually, a lot of takeaways for me here, um, but hopefully... I, I know our, our listeners here will uh, derive a lot of value from this. As a plug-in for Axis Chiropractic, um, you guys work primarily with accidents, but you also work with athletes and mm -hmm. healthy individuals. Yeah. Maybe you can speak a little bit more to that. What? Yeah. Um, so, like you mentioned, we work with auto accident patients, and uh, they actually don't pay for anything out of pocket when they come to see us. Um, everyone in Utah has $3,000 to work with through their auto insurance. You're already paying for it. You might as well use it if you get in an accident. Um, you can have more than 3000 You just have to pay a little bit more on your insurance every month. Yeah. But um, if you've been in an accident, if you had, like, even if, it, if it's a fender bender or anything like that, just get checked out. It's not going to cost you anything, and we're not going to bill you. Um, we actually offer uh, warranty care as well after you finish treating with us. Uh, we offer uh, six months of free adjustments 
and uh, discounted uh, prices for massages during that six yeah. months as well. Um, for cash patients, we we uh, we don't have any insurance, health insurance that we work with solely. We just do cash, and it's forty dollars for an adjustment. Thirty. Forty. Forty. <clears throat> that comes with electric stim or a massage chair before. Try to loosen up some of those muscles. Okay. Um, if you're a student, we offer student discounts yeah. on top of that. So I think it's like twenty-seven for a student. And you guys have like four locations too. Mm -hmm. Where yeah. are they all? Spanish Fork, Provo, America Fork, and West Valley. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, that covers about all of our athletes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my recommendation would be come to Provo and see Dr. Jones. Well, thank you. And uh, as we wrap up this episode, we covered a lot of things, even from diet, soda, and sleep to. Uh, avoiding biasing pressing movements and making sure you have a balance of pressing and pulling um, to adjusting your ankles and knees massaging out the muscles stretching out the joints um, is there anything final that maybe has come to your mind that I haven't asked directly that you'd like to add no uh, I just like to add give us a try yeah. we'd love to help you in anything that you need so we're all about that customer satisfaction yeah I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you have questions you would like asked on this podcast, send them to me through the gym's Instagram account at rxfit.gym. Also, as a final reminder, if you don't currently work out with us at rxfit, I invite you to email me at tyler at rxfit.health where we can discuss your 2020 health goals. Let's do this together.